and welcome to the J Train Podcast. This is J Train Jerry coming to you live from the West Village of Manhattan. We are here every Monday with your emails, your stories, your questions. I say it every episode. Let me say it again. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for being a part of this community. Thank you for telling a friend, a coworker, a brother, a sister, a mama, a papa, anyone with ears. That's how it works. I don't got a billboard. I don't got a, a an ad team. I, I, I kind of do have an ad team, actually. I, I don't have an ad team selling my... I'm not buying ads, okay? You, you found me in whatever way you found me. However you found me, I want you to give me. That's what I want you to do. How you found me, now I want you to give me. If a friend told you, you tell a friend. If a coworker told you, you tell a coworker. If you saw me on the Discover page because someone posted me as their Instagram story or their Instagram post, you do the same. Look at how that works. Give back. It's like you're buying a coffee for the next person in line at the Dunkin' Donuts drive-thru. That's what we're asking you to do. Give it up. And this is, and it's actually cost you $0 to do. So look at that. I've just solved all your problems today. I gave you a chance to give, and I'm letting you take an hour to put your brain on the shelf and let Papa JT and his guest take the wheel. Because that's what we do. Let me take the wheel. I'm going to soothe you for the next hour with other people's problems. Because you got your own. I don't mean to remind you. You do have your own problems. I'm not trying to bring that up. But we're going to stuff them away for an hour as I take care of you. You're welkies. And listen, if you're not getting enough J-Train... I'm doing Patreon three times a week, three different podcasts, and there's a luxury lounge every Wednesday. There is uh, one more email where we do a longer email every Friday, and then Coffee with J-Train. It's my favorite podcast to do, Coffee with J-Train. Every Sunday, we go to my notebook, we talk about things. They're, they're, it's, it's the edgiest I get behind a paywall. That's why I'm doing so mediocre. You have to stay in the middle lane for your public profile and then you get edgy on the paid platform where people would share that. But that's where I do it. I was talking Simone Biles. I'm talking, um, what did I talk about last? Oh, Jennifer Aniston. We only cheer for hot older people to find love. That's my, my assessment of Jennifer Aniston. Only hot people should find love. Even though she might... Want to fuck? Like, I don't, I don't know. Okay, we've gotten controversial in the first seven seconds. Okay. I don't want to... Don't want to ruin coffee adjacent. So go to patreon.com slash Jared Freed. Patreon.com slash Jared Freed. Um, live shows, we're doing them. I ain't leaving the road. That's right. I'm going to keep going. So everyone, jaredfreed.com, I'm coming to your town. Austin, Texas. We've added two more shows. Boston, it might be sold out. New York, there's still tickets available. Those will sell out. So jaredfree.com, jaredfree.com. I'm trying to think of other places I'm going. I don't have it up in front of me. But go to, go to my website. We're adding dates all the time. Very excited for today's guest. Back on the podcast at OKP. Hilarious comic. She has a YouTube special that is out right now on Comedy Central's YouTube page called Whiskey Fists. Rosebud Baker, thank you for coming on. <laughs> Thank you. Hi. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> Your intros to this podcast, like I remember I was having flashbacks of the first time I came on your podcast. Yeah. And watching you do your intros and just feeling like 
I was I was stuck in a time warp. Like I remember being like, how does he talk that fast and come up with cool <laughs> nicknames? And, and like just, just watching you like in awe of like just the radio personality that you can just turn on. I, I mean, it's it's crazy because I see you at the cellar every night and sure. you're sitting in the corner silent, not speaking <laughs> to a soul. I, do I come off that way? I, I talk to I'm trying to relax a little bit where I can. Do I come off that way? I don't mean to. No, you don't come off. You don't come off like an asshole or anything. Okay, you good. You just come off like somebody who's been talking like this all yeah. day. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Just trying to find five seconds of silence to think. And I, I, I genuinely like listening to banter. Like, I like talk radio. So that's why I like doing radio like this. And I do believe an energy to a podcast like someone right now is turning off their brain so i'm like i gotta you know spin the wheels i gotta ride i'm like the hamster on the wheel getting their brain moving a little bit that's kind of my belief and i do think there are podcasts that don't work that way that do work like i'm just not that you know yeah i mean listen there's days when i have to do my podcast where i think about you or I think about him, or I think about somebody who's like brings it. You know what I mean? Who like it's, a performance. That, it's like you know that somebody's in their car going to work, and you're waking them up. Bringing it. I want to be their cup of coffee, cup of Jared, hot cup of Jared. You nail it. You nail it. <laughs> Thank you. I I appreciate. I really appreciate that. I I we love a nut feathering here on the J Train podcast, but we have to talk about you. I'm like very excited for you. You have a new special that is out right now. So, listen, people. People, Rosebud isn't here because she loves doing a podcast. She's here partially because she wants to promote her YouTube special that is out and free and available. It's on Comedy Central's page. It is. Um, I've seen Rosebud live. She's fantastic and hilarious. You're all going to love it. Where did you, you taped it in Nashville, right? Thank you. Yeah, I taped it in Nashville uh, during, it was March of 2021. So it mm-hmm. was, you know, a uh, pandemic. Uh, pretty I think much I was there both very- were doing the road during yes. this time. I remember that because there weren't a lot of people who were doing the road and who were talking about doing the road at least yeah um, and you <laughs> and i were just like, you and i were just like yep we got tickets available <laughs> yes like, so um I, I, I found i i like i gotta say it was incredible to me i mean to me the pandemic just kind of showed you the liars like the idea that like listen I'm going to do it as safely as I can possibly do it for myself and the crowd and whatever is allowed in that state, I'm going to abide by those rules. And it's like the idea that someone else's moral compass had to play into what my moral compass is insane to me. Or what that state's regulations were. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like <laughs> the, I was supposed to be paying more attention to how, you know, Josephine in LA felt versus like how the governor of, uh, you know, Tennessee felt. It was just crazy to me. But yeah, yes. I, I went and um, I did it during that time and it was, it was great. I mean, mm. we were at 75% capacity, but Zany's Nashville is such a great club. So it's such felt a great so club. Full. Yes. And, and they really went above and beyond. They made the whole thing look so good and look so different from what it, 
general like generally looks like they made it look special because it's a special yeah that's fantastic and and everyone at zany's gets it like uh, uh, the nashville and the chicago club but they, they just lucy's so fantastic and everyone that works there is so nice and great and they care about the comics having a good time and the show being good and that like makes a good club so was it was there pandemic material or are you were you just like let me come out with the hits and we want to make sure that it gets well this is what here's what i got on stage and i literally say this in the beginning of my special i just say i'm going to do one thing about covid and then i'm going to move on and that's exactly what i did i just had one thing about it that i wanted to talk about and then just wanted to move on to and and when you address it like that it's like okay we got our thing and now we can move like and now the whole crowd is like yeah yeah okay she she gave her promise you know like she fulfilled the promise yeah so i want everyone to go to comedy central's youtube page go watch immediately pause this go watch it or make a night of it you guys i mean i talked about my own youtube thing that i put out there and you guys know how to do it now so go airplay it to your tv make a night of it have a date night whatever it is uh, rosebud is fantastic and hilarious and you're all gonna love her and you can go follow her on instagram at rosebud baker you also have a podcast we have to mention that and we love adding to people's podcast rotation it is called find your beach and explain the podcast to the listeners at home so it started on the first day of lockdown um, when we were still calling it coronavirus. So I sure. find your beach comes from that. I was locked down with my boyfriend at the time. We got engaged by the third day of quarantine wow. on the third episode of our podcast on the podcast. No, Jesus. Thank Christ. God. I have a soul. <laughs> um, no, we tell that to Caitlin Bristow, a co-host of The Bachelor, because she does not. She got proposed to they did she got proposed to on her podcast her fiance they showed it on the bachelorette they showed her engagement and he's holding the mic while hugging her doing the engagement and it it is the saddest thing you've ever seen like it is just the the epitome of awful yeah so good you didn't do it on the podcast no no it was like I it happened that night and then it was like the next morning we woke up and told the story about how all of it happened. And uh, and then it's been literally for a couple months during the pandemic, we did it every day and we Mm. were so silly and just like crazy. And it was like cabin fever in person it like. But also what a lot of people needed. Yeah. And yeah, what people needed. But now it's like we're married and we're navigating that and like what that means and how it feels to like, I wanted to get married for a long time. That was like, I, I really wanted that for myself. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I say for myself, it's like it, cause it was, you know what I mean? It was definitely <laughs> for, for myself. It yeah. was not for him. Like, it wasn't like, you know, cause I was with someone that I really loved and he didn't want to get married. And I realized I was like, Oh no, I am that bitch. Who's like, yeah. I want to get married more than I want to like be with you. You know what I mean? With the right person. I want, yeah, I want that security. I want that like thing. And it took me a long time to like accept that because I was mm. with somebody who I really loved. So I was just like, yeah, no, at a certain point, you got to go, uh, I want some security. And that's important to me. And even if I'm just going to like dive into not knowing who I'm going to meet or how it's going to work out, like I'm just going to do that. So, and this is kind of like, what it's been like since then 
What do you What do you mean by that? So like, are, do you feel? Are you? Were you? So it, would you consider? Because there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast looking for advice, looking for perspective. We you know we don't know anything. None of us are experts, but they're they're hearing. Were you like I need to find the right match, or were you like, or was it more that you're like, I I'm happy with this person. It's practical. I'm just happy to be in a committed marriage. Like, or is it a mix of the two? So it's a mix of the two. Like, it wasn't like, oh, I I have to get married to whoever is willing to marry me. That wasn't mm. it. You know what I mean? It was like I want to find the right person, and clearly the right person is going to want the same things as me. And mm. so for a while I was with someone who didn't want the same things as me, but I kept thinking they're the right person because everything else worked. But I was really like putting my own desires aside to be with this person over and over and over again. And that started to wear on me. So finally I just had to like, accept. I want to meet someone. Let's see how this goes. And then I met my husband, my now husband and um, and it really just worked immediately. It was like there was never any question. We were into each other right from the beginning. It yeah. was like there was no games. There was no at one point I did say to him like, hey, I think we should probably date other people because I'm really looking to get married. And he said to me, I'm not doing that. I don't want to date other people. Mm. So. And I was like, well, then you need to let me know if you're going to say that you need to let me know outright if you're going to be willing to get married again, because he's already been he'd already been married. And what did he say to that? He was like, yeah, I'd be open to that. See, it's interesting you say that because it's like we get the question of like, when do you have the talk? And I've been a big proponent of like the talk is dumb to me. I think the talk is you asking for answers to your own problems. And it's like. You know the it should be the the feelings purge. You know, like because you're saying to him, you go, I think I want to be married, and for that reason, I am out. You're basically saying that in this in in this scenario, and he goes, Well, I want to be married too, so I am in. You know, so it's like it, it's like when you stay what you want, it it makes the other person have to make a move. Right. Yeah. I was just like, I don't, and and the truly, it wasn't even like from that place of like let me see how he plays this but that's but that's a, that that's the point though yeah it was just like i'm gonna do this whether you you know like if i didn't see myself marrying him i wouldn't have ever bothered to have that conversation of course but it, it was so easy with him that i was like i could see myself marrying this person but he's already been married and he's a comic i'm gonna bet that he's not willing to get married again Interesting. you know and um, and so I just said, like, this is how it is. And I was surprised to find out that he was like, no, I'm I, I would be open to that. Well, I think that's why a lot of people are going to like your podcast. Find your beach. You can go subscribe because it, it's listen. I think what you're saying is very true where it's like, I mean, I have a buddy and I we talk about like women wanting to get engaged. They almost become they're almost drunk in that like pre-engagement like not year one of dating but like year two three there's this like film that goes over their eyes of like i just gotta get it i just gotta get in this game i gotta get the pictures i gotta get the the fun the commitment and 
I, I, you see it, and then like I, he was telling me about his now wife. He was like, she, like he was like a couple years later. She was like, I was definitely that person. Like she didn't see it until after the fact. She's like, see, that's the truth. I mean, it is so deeply embedded in our brains in like a prehistoric way mm. that we that marriage is an achievement, and it's like it's so not. I mean, truly that like it's so embedded in us that we don't even think about the issues we might have around it. Like when I was on my honeymoon, I had a horrible anxiety attack thinking I'd been poisoned. Okay. Okay? (laughs) I thought I'd been poisoned and drugged. And I was like spinning out of control. And I was like, he's going to see me lose my mind on night one of marriage. (laughs) It was like night. It was like night three or something. I was wearing like my cute honeymoon, like lingerie. And just like, I I was like, I've been drugged, you know? And, had to take a Valium. I mean, I really was like, I was like, oh, I have severe issues around losing control in relation to someone else seeing me, really seeing me for who I am and not like being able to control the way that they see me. So like that was the first glimpse that I got into, oh, this is going to be a rocky road for me. You know, well, now people can listen to that rocky road on your podcast. Find your beach. Go listen to it. Everyone go follow Rosebud at Rosebud Baker, the Comedy Central YouTube channel. Go to it right now. Mark it. Email it to yourself. Send yourself the link. The link will be in the description of this podcast um, for this episode. So that it will be very easy, almost so easy for you to find that you'd have to avoid watching it. So listen, people. It's right there in the description. So go go get involved. Let's do some emails. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Jtrainpodcast at gmail.com. Jtrainpodcast at gmail.com. Well, hello there, Jared. Feather, feather. Anywho, let's, let's obsess, shall we? I dated a guy for about two months, about three years ago. Then tragedy struck back to back in his family, and the timing wasn't great, so we parted ways. I was so saddened. I had been so excited but understood. Before we parted ways, though, he, uh, he was understandably flaky and not himself. Now, nowhere near the guy I dated before the tragedy, I cut my losses. Three years later... We have reconnected. We went on a magical, yes, I said magical, first date last week, and he has been texting me every day. I finally suggested a second date in a coy way, and he sends me a message that he is definitely interested, but rattled off his plans, but rattled off his plans every night for the week and a half. He then also promised me that his rec sports leagues end in three weeks will finally free up more time for him then asked when i am free he also has a high power job where he works a ton and travels a lot so is there such a thing as truly being so busy he mentioned last week on the date that he sometimes just needs a month or so before he can make room in his life for a lady due to him decreasing his commitments and things he says yes to i guess i wouldn't be wondering about his interests if he had taken the initiative to say he liked me uh wanted a second date and started trying to find a time. Instead, I had to initiate the suggestion. Expert advice on this, I realize I shouldn't expect to be a priority in someone's life right away, but man, this man is busy. I do wonder if he's made himself this busy to avoid being alone and processing the crap from years ago. Thanks, slightly less busy. What do you think, Rosebud? Um, I'm going to say <clears throat> I'm going to say this right off the bat. Yeah. I think he likes her, but that he is not he he doesn't have the time for it. 
He's not, he doesn't have the time for it and he's not ready. And I don't think it has anything to do with you. I also don't think it's really even your job to try to figure it out. I would say, and this is just from an outside Mm -hmm. perspective, when somebody's like, um, I really would love to see you and then sends you their zero availability calendar and asks, when are you free? (laughs) Yeah, that's buying time. Yeah, it feels to me like, here's all the times I'm not free. Um, Yeah. He's almost asking you to figure out his calendar. Like he's almost I I, to me when someone does that, that's him saying, I do want you to blow me, but just I don't have time for the blowjob between one and three p.m. on (laughs) Wednesday. A month from now. Four months from now. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's insane. I just would be like, oh, okay, you're too busy to to see me. Here here's what he's effectively doing. And it's like I, I find it interesting that she writes, we went on a magical and she write and she's self-aware. This is a good email. I appreciate the email. We went on a magical and she writes, yes, I said magical first. And she put in quotes first date last week. And he has been texting me every day. So she knows what's going on. She knows that she's ahead of herself. She knows that it's not technically a first date, but she's ignoring that reality to make excuses for him. So it's like, so it's like to me, you kind of have to treat yourself like an ice cream shop. And <laughs> like, like an ice cream shop. That's right. It, you came in. If, if someone came in your shop three years ago, took a taste test when I really like this ice cream. And then all of a sudden their car got stolen outside and they had to run out. And, and, and that's their tragedy that she wrench, she references a tragedy chasing down the car. They he breaks both his legs, whatever, whatever. Back to back tragedies. Three, three years later, he comes back and he goes, you know, I was here three years ago. I, I remembered your ice cream. I'm going to take another try. And then they go, can I try it again? You'd go, oh, uh, yeah, you got to try it again. Obviously, it's been three years. And then they try it again. And then they go, I'm going to come back in about a month. You would go, I, well, you can't get mad at that, but you also wouldn't be like, no, you got to stay. How about we plan something for a month from now where you'll get to come in? No, no, no. You can't do that. And the reality is this guy came back in for a taste test because it was familiar. He then didn't really need to keep, you know, he did to buy in. He was like, ah, I can come back at any time. And he let you know that now you're kind of begging for him to come back. And I don't think she's begging, but in a sense, she's wondering how hard do I try? And I think you have to be, you, you have to back away. You have done as much as you can. You got to stop texting every day because that's what he wants to do. He wants to keep you as an option because again, we all get lonely. I don't care how much people work. They, everyone wants someone to text. We all, you know, he might have his rec leagues, but he always wants to make sure there's someone there waiting. When you guys reconnected, it is the easiest person to reconnect with. It's someone that's already said yes to your naked body. There's no chance of really getting turned down and wondering, well, was I not hot enough for them? You could always put that, you know, always keep your ego afloat. So I think she has to like say to him, it is, you can't be offended, but you can't keep engaging right it's it's totally like one of those things that feels like 
you just got to move on because it's not worth your time to try to figure out this guy's schedule or how busy he is. And also, it's just such a weird flex. It's such a weird yeah. New York flex to be like, oh, so busy. Like, shut up. Yeah. You're not that fucking no, busy. It, you're not that busy. And also, like, I don't need to hear about your rec league. And I don't need to text with you every day. I don't even want to know what that is. I don't want to know what your fucking rec league is. I, and, I, and that, I hope it, uh, <laughs> I hope you guys lose whatever. The, <laughs> well, the, him giving you the rec league and all the schedules and his calendar, it's him going, I know I should be taking you on a second date. So almost that's offensive in itself. Like being to me, I go, it's so weird that you're giving me all of these details. It's almost like, do you have a wife? Like, why do you, why, why do I need why, to know about your fucking rec league? Why am I being scheduled? Why am I in an, a, a, and like, a, like, a, like a calendar invite? This isn't a podcast we're doing together. You know, like this should be fun. And, and, and so I understand why she is attaching herself to it because she's like, I, I trust him. He's a good guy. It ended for weird circumstances. Now he's back and he's giving me all this positive reinforcement except for the thing that you need, which is a date. That's the only thing that really matters. Right. And I think that it, once she pulls back and just decides like, I'm just going to do whatever I want to do and not wait around for you. I think he's going to make the move because I think do, I think men really do respond better when we make our decisions based off of what's best for us. Like they'll let Absolutely. us know when they really want to be around us. And, and listen, he might come back, but I think the, and, and it, the hardest part of this advice is like, you're, we're kind of playing, you know, putting all the responsibility on the victim. Like she is, and victim is a strong word, but she is the, she is the, you know, the person having to deal with this. She's the person who honestly just wants to meet a guy. <laughs> like, 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 but you either opt in for that responsibility or you opt out and it's your choice. You have to, and if you opt in for it, the next time he comes back in a month, you just say to him, Hey man, things are busy. I can't really keep up with someone I don't see on a regular basis. You text me when you're ready to have a second date. That's, that's opting in. That's you being pleasant and wonderful. That's actually giving him more credit than he actually deserves. You can also say, hey, if you can't make a second date, you're not ready to date me. And that's cool, too. Good luck with everything. I'm out. And now you're opting out. But it's, it, can, it can't be in between. Yeah. And it also it's there's this thing that happens with women where when we want to meet someone, we forget that not meeting someone is really not a bad thing. Like we, mm. we forget that, like. The other option is being on our own, which is fucking great. Yeah. And and when we are with someone, we forget like we forget how sweet it is to have our own time and to be able to do whatever we want to do with that time. And so every time a guy does something like this, I always would try to like remind myself, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I like love my life. Yeah. So bye. <laughs> like it's not <laughs> a big deal. The J Train podcast is brought to you by Stitch Fix. Shopping for clothes can be daunting. You never know if things will fit, returns are difficult, and you don't even know what store to start with. Stitch Fix offers hand-selected clothes picked by expert stylists, all tailored to your size, style, and budget. I love this option for you because Stitch Fix what it's going to do is get you out of your own way. 
you have a style you have you know some thoughts on what you want to wear and what you want to go and buy and a lot of that is influenced by the things that come across your targeted ads and what stitch fix does is they have people that go out there find new fresh things and they say oh you're this type of person here's some options and you try them on you see how they feel and then you send them back if you don't like them and every piece is chosen to flatter both your body and your lifestyle they'll find pieces that make you look and feel your best what's simpler than that Try it at home before you buy. Keep your favorites. Send back the rest. I love that because so much of what we don't pick out is because we're like, ah, that's not for me. It wouldn't look right. I would never even buy that. But this gets you out of your own way. Free shipping, easy returns and exchanges. A prepaid return envelope is included. It's all in one hassle-free personal shopping service. And the best part is no subscription is required. Wow. You'll pay just a $20 styling fee for each box. And that styling fee gets credited towards the pieces you keep. Send the rest back, no charge. There are no hidden fees ever. Women, men, kids. Stitch Fix does it all. They ship all over the U.S. and the U.K. as well. So just for you, they're giving my listeners 25% off. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash JTrain and you'll get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. That's what they call a box. That's stitchfix.com slash JTrain for 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. And trust me, you'll want to. Get out there and look your best with 25% off at stitchfix.com slash JTrain. The J Train Podcast is brought to you by Quip's brand new mouthwash. I love mouthwash. It gives you that, that extra clean feeling. And if you don't rinse with mouthwash after you brush, you're not getting a complete clean. Mouthwash is key because it gets between your teeth to kill bad breath germs. Quip, the makers of the electric toothbrush I've been telling you about for years, just launched the perfect mouthwash to complete your routine. I have to tell you, I have it. I love it. It comes in a super sleek um you know, container that's refillable. So you don't have that gaudy, awful, big jumbo plastic thing sitting on your on your counter. No, this is a beautiful, sleek, and you like press a button twice and you can make your own mix because they give you the solution. You mix it with water and then you can do as much or as little as you want. And since it's from Quip, it comes in that sleek looking display. Like Quip has figured out the half of the stuff we use, we just want it to fit in our lives well and be usable. And that's what Quip does. Every one of their products is a usable product that fits around your life. This one fits in any bathroom, big or small, with five colors, two high-end finishes to choose from. You're guaranteed to find a dispenser that matches your style. Sitting on, on your counter, it's a beautiful reminder to rinse every day. It does remind you. It reminds me. And a subtle way of letting everyone know that your oral ca- care game is next level. Plus, it comes with a, hu- with a built-in dosage cup as you always get the perfect amount. This is what I'm talking about. You kind of mix it on your own. Their four times concentrate has fluoride, xylitol, at all in CPC, but they left out the artificial colors and stinging alcohol you find in a lot of other rinses. And it's good for the planet. Each eco-friendly refill replaces a big bulky bottle from one of those other brands. Pair Quip's mouthwash with their electric toothbrush for adults and kids and the refillable flossers, and you'll be surprised at how easy and fun it can be to keep your whole mouth clean and healthy. Quip also delivers fresh brush heads 
floss, mouthwash, toothpaste refills every three months from $5. Shipping is free, so you can save money and skip the hustle and bustle of in-store shopping. Yeah, let's... Let's stop waiting in line, wasting our time at the, at, at the grocery store and at the pharmacy. No, 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 not anymore. Get it delivered right to you. Let the mailman work for you. And if you go to getquip.com slash JTrain5 right now, you can get $5 off a mouthwash starter kit. That's $5 off a mouthwash starter kit, which includes a refillable dispenser and a 90-dose uh, dose supply of Quip's four times concentrated formula at getquip.com slash JTrain5. That's spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash JTrain5. Quip, the good habits company. J Train Podcast at gmail.com. J Train Podcast at gmail.com here with Rosebud Baker at Rosebud Baker on Instagram. Go follow Find Your Beach. That's the podcast, the special. It is out right now in the description of this episode. Whiskey Fist. Go, go, go. Make a night of it. Silencing my inner fat boy, Jared. 27-year-old newly single guy from the Midwest coming to you with a question that you've brushed on before. I was always a chubby kid growing up, and I also had some issues with acne. Thus, my self-esteem was never really great with women. Since then, I've grown up a lot physically. My acne is non-existent, and I am feeling the best I've ever felt as a man. I know logically that I am physically attractive, but I can't help but feel like that same chubby teenager who had no confidence with women. My question is, how do I overcome my inner insecurities in this new body? I have been on dates with attractive women, yet I still feel this underlooming feeling that I am not meant to be in the position I'm in. I believe this has moved to the bedroom as well in the form of some performance anxiety. Just looking to feel like I belong with the women I'm going on dates with. Thanks for the years of great advice and laughs. It's been a pleasure to watch your show, uh, your following as you uh, and you as a person grow. Well, thank you. That's a very sweet email. What do you think, Rosebud? What do you? Well, I've have you ever been on a? Go ahead. I'm sorry. I do relate to. I do relate to this. I was a chubby kid too, and I have a picture of me next to Louie Anderson, who might as well have been my real dad. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, it looks just so. Yeah. yeah. Rosebud looked like Louie Anderson. I was I looked like Louie Anderson as a child. And I I want I want this guy to know I understand (laughs) how he feels like there's something that happens in your brain when you lose weight and you get comfortable in your body because you recognize how kind of superficial the rest of the world is. Sure, you get you get attention in a way you never got it before. People are reacting to you. Yeah, and so you feel on some level like the person that you are inside doesn't really matter. There's like a weird disconnect that happens and or a kind that's of a, That's a great way to put it. I think that that kind of nails it cuz you you know, you're like, "Oh, this is what's getting the reaction, not what was there the whole time." Right. Yeah, that's interesting. So it does lead to like anxiety in terms of how because when someone when you're sleeping with someone, they're really kind of seeing you. And it is a. I mean, it's an imposter syndrome. It's, you know, that imposter syndrome only gets used for or I've only heard it in the context of like job and career, but 
as far as like looks are concerned, I can totally understand. And listen, I've dealt with this stuff my whole life. I talk about it on the podcast a lot. I talk about it on stage, trying to lose weight and coming to terms with that and insecurities like that. So I understand why he's writing in with this question. I don't know how to tell someone to be more confident. Like I, I, I wish I could, you know, scream it in the mirror. But like, I, I, <laughs> I, I would also say, the one thing, like I don't think, I think the one thing you can trust is how people treat their time like no everyone is stingy with their time look at the last email that guy's like i got a rec league i don't need a blowjob you know like it's like so so people do what they generally want to do so i've always kind of lived by the idea and this is kind of what helps me is nobody goes on a date they don't want to be on you know like nobody goes on a date that they're not into the person in some way. But there's different, that's where I think the kind of crux of the question is because if you're having these sorts of feelings with someone that you are on a date with who's purely on the date because they're attracted to you physically Mm -hmm. and there's no real like vibe between you, that I think can lead to some some complications. You know what I mean? Where it's like- you think that she's into you just because of how you look or because of whatever, but you don't, that she's not really getting to know you. So there's that. So I would say just try to open up to, to the women that you're seeing, as long as you feel like they're worth that and see where that goes. And, and part of this is the beauty of being a man. Like, you know, I think a lot of women go on first dates to get to know you. Like there's a, I think in most cases, women go on a first date and they're not th- like there's I think there's fewer women on first dates going, oh, I'm just here because I got to fuck this dude, you know, like whereas opposed that there's a lot of women that go on. And this is because, you know, men are animals in a lot of cases where I could see how this would be a problem for a lot of women where they're like, I've lost a ton of weight. And is he just here to just be with me physically and not? even listening to what I say, like, does it even matter what I say? Um, but, but I think that's like great advice to anyone in that situation, male or female, be so you that it would that like that. It would turn someone away. Right. That's what I would say. Yeah. Honestly, like go, go for it. Yeah. Like, let them know who you are and you'll see that like the confidence that you're lacking, it kind of builds up from like, Oh, I didn't think she'd go for that. And then yeah. you start to see how charming you are outside of like what you look like or how you feel in your body or whatever. Like you start to feel really good in your soul. And totally. you're like, oh, now I feel like I have something that other people don't have. And I did me. You know, like you walk away from a date. If you walk away from a date as it, like the interview version of you, you don't know if you got to know the person or if they even got to know you. Like, if you go in and be like, I love video games. I spend 10 hours a day yelling at little kids, playing Madden, and I love slam dunking on all these stupid teenagers on, you know, like Xbox. And they go, what do you say to them? And you tell them all the fun ways you make fun of teenagers. Like, and then they go, that's pretty fun. And they're laughing with you. You're like, wow they kind of got me, you know, as it, and on the other side of that, someone might go, yeah, he plays 12 hours of video games against teenagers a day. Like they're not going to be into it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I think that it, 
no matter what, if you if you feel excited and enthusiastic about like what you do and and the things in your life that you have going on, I I think ultimately that's going to attract somebody to you that is uh, that's worth your time. Totally. J train podcast at gmail.com. J train podcast at gmail.com here with Rose, Rosebud Baker at Rosebud Baker. The special whiskey fists go go. What's whiskey fists mean? What is that? In re- that's in reference to a joke, I'm assuming. It's in, yeah, it's in reference to a, an ex that I had who was um, an alcoholic and was very abusive. Oh but every time, every time he tried to hit me, he would miss because he was too <laughs> drunk. <laughs> so. At one point, I called him whiskey fists. That and, is um, ridiculous. Let me tell you something about an abusive guy. I, uh, if you're wondering if your boyfriend is abusive, you could throw me in there, and I'll say something that'll that'll uh, will tip the scales. That get get him going. <laughs> yeah, if you can throw me in there. I'll I'll get him to want to do whatever he wants to do. You <laughs> know, if fists. there's any question in your mind. I mean, talk about mining comedy from trauma, you know, (laughs) so everyone go check it out. How to make my hookup take me on a date. Please read help needed. Okay. Hi, love the podcast. Feather, feather. Let's get down to it. I've been hooking up with a guy and met through friends in my city since March 2020. So March 2020, time is such a weird thing now. Like, I'm like, was that this March? Or So that's two Marches ago they've been hooking up. Okay. She writes, I'm 24, by the way. He went to my college, but I didn't know him then. We hang out frequently, have all the same friends. We don't hook up super regularly or every time we're out together, but I'd say we have about 10 times or so in the past year. Okay. So every couple of weeks, every or every month, there's a... I would assume, and this is this is my assumption. I, I don't mean to go too far, but I would assume if you're hooked up 10 times in the last year, you guys get drunk, you text each other, you meet up at both of your conveniences. That would be my assumption when I hear that. Yeah. Um, I've always thought he was attractive, obviously, and I enjoy hanging out with him in both social settings and in private. I never thought much more about it until this past week and really want to ask, want him to ask me on a date. I don't know if he's looking for a relationship, but I know people say if they wanted to, they would. But I'm curious as to what your thoughts are on this situation, if there's any advice you would have for me on how to make this more than a hookup, if even possible. I know he enjoys hanging out with me and we have super uh, we have fun together, but I just don't know what he wants or if he wants a relationship at all. He goes out of town a lot to fish and whatever. And to be honest, that's like the perfect relationship for me because I don't have to see them every day. Any advice is appreciated. So what do you think? Yeah, I it's interesting because the information that I'm getting is that she wants somebody who's not around all the time Mm. and she wants and the person that she's going to when it comes to like what she's looking for in a relationship is the guy that she's just hooking up with a couple times a year. So, yeah, it's a little bit. I would say. I would say that I think that. I, I think she's looking for a little bit more than what they've got going on. But sure. this is just purely, um, you know, it's when I'm hearing, I'm not hearing like I realized last time we were hooking up that I really like him and I really want to be with him because he makes me laugh. And it, it feels like it feels like you got lonely or you wanted more. And 
and you and you're thinking this is the guy that I'm going to ask for it from. I, I it think makes sense. Yeah, I think I'm going to start calling this the doggy bag date because the doggy bag you brought back from dinner. It's sitting in the fridge. You look at it. You go, ah, I don't need it. Day goes by. Ah, I, I could eat something else. Two days go by. You go, you know, I could really eat this. I'll eat it. Fine. Like she's kind of doing that with this guy, which listen, I, I don't find any fault in that. I, she, even when she says the thing about the fishing thing stuck out to me as well, because now you're just fitting him into a, a box that could work for you. You're like, he could work. Look at, he's away all the time. This was all bad. You're, 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 you're connecting the dots going backwards because that's the only way you can. But in that scenario, you're like, you, you've kind of convinced yourself that like, wow, this could work. You know, it's like, it's like you're trying to like, I mean, this isn't the way anyone should, this doesn't feel great, uh, like a great way to get into a relationship. Like you're getting into like convincing yourself into a sedan that makes sense for the family. And also as, as a woman who's like always talking about how I love my alone time and I, and I do genuinely, mm. but I think there's also a self-sufficiency that when you are a self-sufficient person that kind of goes along with walking into a relationship, sort of convincing yourself with, or talking to yourself, talking yourself into how little you can accept you know what I mean? Where you're like, I, I only need this much from this person. And because you're self-sufficient, you could actually get by with that much from that person. But you but years go by or months go by and you start to realize like, oh, I'm a full human being with actual emotional needs. And I wasn't honest with myself about this to begin with. And sure. now I'm stuck in a relationship with this person who I promised I didn't need more than this. Yeah. From, <laughs> and I am miserable. It's like you, you're stuck in a contract. Yeah. Like, and, and yeah, it's just, and people do that a lot where they're like, this could work. This could work. This is all to say she can do whatever she'd like. And I would say to her, listen, this is all to say like, we're, we're, uh, we're opening up the, you know, the, the brain here to tell you like let's take a look in the mirror as to why you're convincing yourself into them now it it is perfectly fine to, to look at the guy that you've been hooking up with for a year and say i don't feel good i've made the decision that us just hooking up once every month doesn't feel good to me i would go on a date with you i would actually like to get to know you more you can do that or you don't. But she has to give up the 10 hookups that will come in the next year because he will keep doing this to get a date. So it is not, she says, is it even worth it? Is it even possible? It's totally possible. You could say, hey, here's the text you said. Hey, this has been a lot of fun. I enjoy your company. I enjoy it enough that I actually want to see if we could like be something or go on dates. Again, to go back to the ice cream shop analogy, he's tried you. He knows what you know going on. He, no, he has enough get information. A full scoop of free ice cream. Yeah, when he, he knows. walks into the ice cream shop. He has enough information to buy the ice cream to go on a date with you. So you should be confident saying, "I'm done with this like once a month thing." But if you wanted to go on a date, I would be down for it. And then he does it or he doesn't. That's it. But you have to give up the ten hookups to get the one date.
I really didn't want to like this ice cream shop analogy. And honestly, it's, it's working spot on every time. Like, yeah, the, the fact of the matter is you want some ice cream. Like we're done with the free scoops. Yeah. You put some money up. You walk into this shop with fucking twenty dollars. Yeah. Fifty dollars. Then we can then we can talk about yeah. giving you some more ice cream. You've tried it. And I also like that you're you're not necessarily you're taking it a step back and you're going, whoa, before I go, oh, I want a relationship with this guy. Just a date. Let's see how a date goes. I think we get too far ahead. of. She's actually so far ahead of herself that she's like, oh, he fishes a lot. We could be a couple. Well, how about the idea that he won't even go on a first date? Like, <laughs> let's see if he'll do that. Like, and, and, and people make fun of it. Like the bar is so low. Well, the bar is low because we create a situation. It's not, I mean, it's not a question of low bar. It's just how things work. It's like an organic yeah. process. And so the process of getting, of having only slept with somebody to spending time with somebody and really getting to know them and seeing if you enjoy their company, because yeah. that's a major question. It's like, that should be the number one question. Well, is, Do you enjoy his company? Well, then she's going... <laughs> She's like, her number one question is like, oh, so he leaves town? Okay, good. Not, yeah, her number one question should be, do I like him? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> then maybe there needs to be some other things that happen first. J Train Podcast at gmail.com. J Train Podcast at gmail.com. Here with Rosebud Baker at Rosebud Baker. Let's do one more, then we'll go to the screenshot emails. That sound okay? Great. Let's do it. I d this one's called, I Don't Know How to Date. Okay. So it's been a little bit over a year ago since I got out of a three-year relationship. I'm now 27. Honestly, that was the only relationship I've ever been in. I never really dated before and haven't dated since. Okay. I think it's because I don't know how to date, so I was wondering if you could help. I, n I have never been the type that just likes some ra someone random. Normally, every guy I've liked has started as a friend and transformed to me liking them. Because of this mindset, I, f I fear I am very behind others who are like, oh, I'm going on a date with a guy I've met. I've never done that. I would say that I'm not an quote-unquote app person. Nothing against them, but I have uh, had them but I've had them since they came out almost 10 years ago and have yet to meet anyone from them. How do I progress from the match to even uh, to eventually meet them? I never do it. I've gotten close to getting their numbers, but that uh, then that fizzles. I also don't know what is the right amount of time to respond throughout the day. These are random and uh, randoms and convos are always boring. Like how's your day? And usually doesn't progress past it. Is there something I should say to be more exciting? Um, ideally I would love to meet someone in person because I, it doesn't seem like the apps are for me due to my little success, but in person is also hard. I literally just want to go on one date. I fear I am closing myself off to the experience of quote unquote dating, uh, considering I don't even do it. Please help me. Any insight is appreciated. So this person is hypothetical. sounds a little lost. Yeah, she is closing. Is it she, he, I don't know. This looks like a she to me, but I, I, well, let's just assume that it's a she. Um, she is closing herself off because she's automatically saying the apps won't work for me and mm -hmm. I don't think I'm going to meet somebody in person. So already the whole attitude is like, I don't know how to do this. I can't do this. It's not mm -hmm. going to work out. Um, and I think the first thing to do is to acknowledge that you're terrified. Yeah. Um, because that is really what's happening. You're terrified. And, totally. and it's like, I get why I'm somebody who 
meets somebody, becomes friends, and then starts to and then starts to develop feelings as well. But I forced myself one year of my life, I forced myself to go on those apps and go on a date once a week with Mm. someone, even if I didn't want to go. And I would, and if the conversations went on too long or they were boring over text, then it was like, there's no chemistry here. There's no rhythm to the way that we speak. So next, and I would just go through the next one and it was time consuming, but it did I did just think about it from the perspective of let me teach myself how to date. Let me see how I can do this. And eventually it started to be fun. Yeah. I started to be like, oh, this is cool. I'm like getting to know somebody. And I was able to at the end of the night go, this isn't for me, but this was really fun. And, you know, she she needs some reps. I totally agree with you. Um, And I think it's funny the way she put it. She writes, um, nothing against them, but I've, uh, how do I progress from the match to eventually meet them? I never can do it. I've gotten close to getting their numbers, but then it fizzles. I also don't know what is the right time to respond throughout the day. These are random, uh, randoms and convos are always boring. Like when you put it that way, yeah, I don't know how a date happens. (laughs) Like, you know, like that's the thing. I think she's putting too much importance on a match. Right. These people... The beauty and the, the, the horror of dating apps is the disposability. Let's look at the beauty. I, I'm not going to get into horrors because we do that enough on this podcast. The beauty is not a good convo. Move the fuck on. Not a good. Yeah. How was your weekend? It was good. Yours was good. Chuck it. You know, like, you know, <clears throat> and start making some hard lefts. Start, you know, there's two people in the conversation. So let's not all on them. How was your weekend? Mine was great. That picture of you, and where is that from? That's an okay question to ask. You can ask anything you want because, again, you can chuck them. Here's the other thing she needs to do. Hang out with friends and family and tell them you'd like to go on dates. Let them know. Friends and family, hang with them. Everyone knows uh, 100 people. Everyone will keep you in mind. And if you're fun with your friends and family, they're going to want you to meet their friends because they want to spend more time with you. Again, I said, if you're fun. If you're sitting there going, and a lot of the things you said in the beginning is things that a lot of people write in with. This is my only relationship. I never dated. Well, until today. Things are going to change. You know, everyone has a first. Everyone has a second. You have to get there. You can't sit there because she's not unlike many other people. There's a lot of people in the same boat as you. Everyone writes in, I've never been in a relationship before. I'm 27. Yeah, you're in the hookup age. It's, you know, like, like there's a lot of people in your boat. So let's not get bogged down. It's all of this is normal. All your questions are normal. It's about getting out there and I think friends and family I, I mentioned that because that's the easiest people to go to if, if the apps feel like too big of a mountain and you don't like it friends and family and just from one pessimist to it sounds like another mm. just try to focus on what you like because totally obviously dating is about learning what you like and what you don't like but I know that when I tried it I was a real expert on what I didn't like automatically like I knew I could tell you exactly what I didn't didn't like about every one of those guys but I would have to walk away from it going well this is kind of nice about him you know I went on one date with this guy that never stopped talking about his Lyme disease okay Okay. he he talked about how it got into his bones and I was like I'm really sorry but this is not this isn't really date 
com- first date conversation. You know what I mean? Was just like your medical history. So, yeah. but this guy had a stable job and he was, he was, he asked me about myself and he wanted to walk across the Williamsburg bridge after the date, which with Lyme disease is no easy feat. No, listen, this guy went above and beyond. Yeah. So, I mean, there's things to like. <laughs> totally. You just got to really, you got to keep your focus on those while you're doing a- this. Absolutely. J train podcast at gmail.com. J train podcast at gmail.com. Let's do one more email. Does that sound good? Rosebud? Yeah, absolutely. Everyone go follow Rosebud at Rosebud Baker on Instagram, the special whiskey fists. It's in the description of this podcast. It's on YouTube right now on comedy central station. Find your beach. That's the podcast. Go, go, go. (laughs) Okay. We got a long one. Okay. Is proof of identity too much to ask? Screenshots included. Fairly new listeners. To be honest, I have no idea what the feather feather thing means, but I'm sure I agree with it. So feather feather to you. You're great, and I think you'll have good insights to, into an issue I'm running into. I'm 35, single, live in Manhattan. I'm on the apps and go on a lot of dates and actually have a lot of fun dating generally. I love getting to know, getting to know you conversations on first dates. I ask a lot of questions and I'm very interested in people's stories. So I like when guys are open and engaging because I am too. I do keep some identifying details to myself until I know I'm interested in the guy because I'm pretty easily searchable online once, uh, Pretty easily searchable online. Once I tell someone where I work or about my side hustle, which generally comes up at the end of the first date if I'm hoping for a second one, I understand that guys are sometimes private too, but I have now been out with two guys who are using privacy as a cover for doing shady shit. I'm having trouble figuring out how to weed those guys out sooner than later and how much is reasonable for me to ask early on. For example... I went out with one guy five times over the course of a month, texted a ton throughout, and a few calls. After the first date, I told him about my professional stuff so he knew my last name, and I asked for his last name. He gave it to me, and he said he's pretty private and doesn't do social media, so I probably won't find much of my Googling. I found nothing. It wasn't until I ran his phone number through a background search site a month later that I found his real last name and his recent wedding photos on the Martha Stewart Living Instagram. Oh, my God. And his beautiful nine-month pregnant wife. Hey. So when I went out with another guy recently who fit the same profile, upper 30, successful, commutes into the city to meet clients, paid for our $200 dinner in cash, I was on high alert. He was persistent and super communicative and available all hours of the day, so no real signs of a wife over the next two weeks. Still, I couldn't find anything in my internet sleuthing without his last name, so after a couple of dates and lots of talking, I asked for it. He gave it to me in the same story about no social media, works in internet privacy, so he takes it very seriously, etc. So sketchy. I searched everywhere, phone number including still nothing, so I mentioned it to him. Screenshots attached. Works in internet privacy? I don't know what that means, but let's read the screenshots. You be her, I'll be him. Okay, let me pull up this email. Hang on a second. Okay. I'm sorry. To, I'm sorry. No I'm problem. Stall for me for a second. I got you. Well, I think it's interesting. The first guy, like when people say they have no social media and the release of their last name, like the release of my last name comes with it. And Rosebud, you have the same deal. Comes with it a lot of getting to know me there's so much to read and i know i'm a public person and we are both public people that are putting ourselves out there but like i can't understand 
not being able to just give a last name. If you're going to go. Don't. You're going on a date with the person. You're you're trying to get to know them. Why wouldn't you just give them your last name? Like, what what's the I, what is the fear behind that? I guess is my question. Like, I I guess the I guess there's like creeps out there that could show up at your work. Sure, and and they could find your address. I guess I I I'm thinking more for women in this instance than men like i i can't like i i can't as a man the idea that you're not giving out your last name is like just off to me like because again and this is the male privilege here of like we're not thinking of death on a first date like death isn't part of the first date equation in the way that like women make the joke all the time they're like i hope he doesn't murder me and it's like that joke only is a joke because there's truth in it so, so like in this scenario, so it just doesn't seem, you know, it doesn't, you know, like it doesn't smell right when a man does it is my opinion. No, it's not. Okay. I've got the, I've got the okay. screenshots. So you want me to read her? Yeah. You be the green and we're in green text land. So that should have been enough, but okay. Okay. We can get a little more risque once we know each other better. I don't even know your last name. LOL. See, she's trying to dig it out, which I think that's a great, fun way to dig it out. Like, I actually totally agree with how it's smooth. You think? And also, she's referencing risque. So he's obviously asking for risque. Yeah. You think? Half of the time, I'm thinking in French and speaking, writing in English, even after so long. Some of those French words can sound very sophisticated English, hence the effect you're getting. But hey, what's not to like? Ha ha. Going back a couple texts, good or bad surprise, my euphemisms, I am now curious what informal looks like. I generally tend to be very intentional, smiley face. Okay, I don't even understand. I don't know what that was. I can't even imagine translating everything in my head, even if it becomes second nature. There must be something to the French-English formality thing. I don't think a guy has ever texted me the word hence. Ha ha. I was actually going to say... um, I was actually going to say that I really like your ability to express your thoughts and provide feedback on how you are receiving things spontaneously. It is starting to feel like I've known you for a while. Hence, ha ha ha, I would have never thought. He sounds like AI. I agree. Nothing about this feels right, but I'm giving him a break for the language barrier that's being referenced here. But at the same time, none of this is fun. They've been on, she's said many dates, right? Yeah, there's... He's using so many words to say nothing. It's crazy. That And that's a little... Biz- yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay. So she says, good surprise, but keyword, surprise. I couldn't tell if they were euphemisms or just translation issues. It's much easier to respond when I know it's intentional. Well, thank you. I do have a PhD in communication. Ha ha. God, there's so many ha ha ha's. It's really starting <laughs> to feel very self-conscious. Ha ha. Now, now you, you know, know it's intentional. Indeed. I think, I think everyone should get a PhD in communication then. Not, Not that, that everyone could, could but, but it would make it a better world. world. I, I enjoy, enjoy conversing with you. Um, we are either really on the same wavelength slash communication style or you're, you're putting that PhD to work, PhD to work big time. I would rather the former. I hope, I hope a, a guy, guy texts you the former before, before LOL. Haha, <laughs> I'm definitely not putting my PhD to work with you, so it must be the former. And chances are better that I've texted that phrase. 
or that I've been texted that phrase, LOL. And now it's midnight, so I got to go to sleep. Thanks for checking in. Sleep tight. It's funny that like they had this whole communicate, this whole talk about how great their communication is, and he has ignored the last name thing to na- like in this entire time. He writes Bon Nuit, whatever that means, and then writes bon by the way <laughs> or Bon We. <oui." laughs> <laughs> because I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> Bonnie Nut. Bonnie Nut. Um, yeah, by the way. And then he gives his last name. No, he gives four different names. Which. No, he says last name and then by the way and then gives the full name. Oh. So he gives it. Okay, here we go. All right. Okay. So. Um, this is on a Thursday. She writes, yeah. busy day delay. This is days later, I'm assuming. Busy day delay. That's a nice last name. What am I going to find when I Google you? This conference we're at is actually really awesome. Like 500 people and 15-ish speakers, like NFL players, major nonprofit leaders, etc. Surprisingly fun. He writes a couple hours later, hi, busy Atlanta. Thank you. I could not get my parents to give me an actual meaning of it. Ha ha. I try to keep a low online profile. Let's see what you come up with. I don't remember the last name. I Googled last time I Googled myself and generally don't have an appetite for looking up others. I do that enough already for work. LOL. I prefer when it's volunteered. That sounds like a major event. Maybe I should be Googling you. LOL. Um, and then she writes back. Ha ha. I mean, you guys, we got to stop with the stop throwing ha ha's around. All right. Um, I didn't I mention I'm kind of a big deal. Feel free to do some Googling. My last name is blank. Plenty to find, though. That's not quite fair because my initial search on you is turning up nothing at all. And I'm pretty good at it. Got to be diligent when dating these days. No business site, not even a LinkedIn. You might be a ghost. See, she's trying to let him know I don't feel safe with you. Like at this point, he should be like, "Here's my Instagram. Like, here's my website." You know, like if he if he really wanted to try, he could try right now because it's screaming, "Hey, tell me who you are. Tell me who you are. I'm getting a little bit of a weird vibe. Sounds like you are. Well, I never doubted that. You have presence, me. You have presence, me. Or you could tell me more when we when meet." does not come naturally to me. Oh, wow, I must still be doing good then. Well, I know I will have to do the whole online website, et cetera, thing when I go from just W9 and maybe incorporate into a real practice. But then again, I will continue to resist LinkedIn as I believe true val- uh, true value pulls instead of pushing, LOL. See, now he's making it a moral thing, which is annoying. He's basically giving you his belief system when you're just like, hey, Give me a fucking name. Like, give me a website. And he's like, well, in my world, push instead of pull. And it's like, now he's he's taking a little bit of an elitist. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you understand Moxie Mar- Marlin Spike, you will understand me. And then he sends a thing about privacy. It's like, now's not the time to talk about privacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get out of here. And it's like, they've been on dates. So it's like, right? They've like. Yeah, they've been on dates. Yeah, they've been, uh, comes to the city, paid for our $200 dinner. Like, now is not the time for, you know, your New Yorker article about privacy. Like, now is the time for, like, I am not talking about at high level. I'm talking about you. I don't know you. Yeah. Yeah. So she says, I get it. 
after this is after the New Yorker article, at, at, <coughs> at which point I would have blocked him. Um, yeah, you're out. I get it. The privacy thing's important. My aim with Googling is more about making sure people are who they say they are. Did I mention I've had some sketchy dating experiences? Not calling you out specifically, just covering my bases. And I understand, but I am struggling to imagine. Tell me more. Did you date real ghost? See, no. I'm scared now, LOL. Yeah, now he's in joke land. Oh, do, tell me about the other person who, who, was, who was fake, not me. Yeah, it's a lot of deflection. Not quite. I dated a guy who gave me a fake last name and had a wife and baby at home. And more than one other guy has lied about significant aspects of their lives. So I'm a bit cautious when someone isn't findable online in 2021. As you should. Once bitten, twice. Once bitten, twice shy. More like. What is he? Uh, uh, what is he? <laughs> he sounds like he's like like a sorcerer. Like, what is he? The Riddler? Once bitten, twice shy. More like multiple times bitten, forever shy in your case. Like, Which, by the way, this is a criticism. Like, this is a criticism that's sort of like shrouded in a joking kind of thing. Like, you should have Now known. he's criticizing her and saying, like, oh, now you're now you won't trust anyone forever, you All know? Right. And it's like, that's not what she's fucking saying. Yeah, and he mentions, he goes, have you seen the movie Doubt? I mean, like, that. the movie Doubt is not about this. I thought like, the movie <laughs> Doubt was about molestation in the Catholic Church. Exactly. It's not about, it's, okay. It's one of those things. Unfortunately, you are always in control. I do appreciate you not projecting your past experience on me, as that makes for the most unpleasant dating experience. Uh, now it's a warning. It yeah, 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 yeah. Good, yeah, don't. It's like, don't ask me about this anymore. Yeah. Okay, so she writes back on a Friday. Good afternoon. Yeah, that movie Doubt was unsettling. Not sure if I see the similarities to my situation, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love this. Hold on. Um, not sure if I see the similarities to my situation, though. It's easy for a guy to prove who he is, who he says he is. Then the doubt goes away. Ha ha. Um, it's not like he's. It's not like a he said, she said situation, you know, not trying to project any past stuff, just learning from past mistakes. Every woman I know has been through similar stuff in New York. And then he writes back, hello, <laughs> he's always Mr. Positive. Very unsettling is the essence of uh, my referring to doubt. This is five you hours later, by the way. Yeah, you would never know which path for better or worse. Someone coming into your life could have set it on if you did not try like everything he talks is in poetry and I, it's just such bullshit this is an easy answer to this there's an easy answer and he's avoiding it with like this confusing language but in the age of online dating there are luckily plenty of choices still you would not know for the for that one reason i only say that based on what i had started to envision now i would not let rihanna ashley what is he saying i'll translate this because i read it like again this is what he's saying He's unsettled by her reaction to his reference to doubt. Um, now, now he's saying you would never know which path for better or worse someone coming into your life could have set it on. So he's like, you never know what path someone could set you on if you let them into your life. Hey. But uh, it's a cult speak. If you don't try, you know, yeah. So he's like, he's saying that you're like shutting me. Like he's like, oh, you're shutting me out. Then he says. Um, you know, in the age of online dating, there's plenty of choices. So he's like, I have plenty of choices. And Aye. then he's saying, and then he's saying, 
but you wouldn't know about, and you know, so do you, you have plenty of choices too, but you would never know what would have happened between us. And then he says, now I wouldn't let, I only say that based on what I had started to envision. So he's started to envision a future with her. Now he's like, he's, he's selling the future. He's basically saying like you would, I'm a guy who's thinking about commitment. He knows that that's something women in general want. And he's, then he goes, now I would not let Rihanna, Ashley Graham, or Anna de Armas ID me as the sole condition to sleep with them. I will let you unpack. Perhaps it is a culture thing, but I struggle enough already with having to show ID at some businesses that you can imagine how discombobulating the thought of having to submit that to that for dating can be for me. So hard, no. I won't bear the responsibility for all the other jackasses. Sorry, I have to go back in the water now. And he sends a selfie. I mean... He sends a selfie of him on the beach with sunglasses. Is he on the beach? Let me zoom in on these fucking sunglasses. I mean, I don't know. It's... Yeah. So that's the end of the conversation. So she writes, he is obviously a shady motherfucker and I'm completely done. He won't get a reply from me. But am I being unreasonable and wanting to know a guy is telling the truth about who he is? No, I don't think you are. How could I avoid this in the future right off the bat? I ask all the questions and do as much vetting as I can. But are sneaky guys just unavoidable in New York? I think they're unavoidable anywhere, but I... I I think there's things that we could do. Am I in the right thinking that everyone should be findable online in some capacity or else they're using a fake name? Thank you for your insights. And I hope you cringe as much as me as his were as his we at his weird formality via text. He was cute and fun in person. I swear. So what do you think? I think honestly that she's doing everything that she can to like stop this stuff when she sees it. And, and the way that she's going about it is like, is fine. I think she's being pretty fun and cute and direct about it. But but like, I think she could stand to be a little less cute about it. You know, yeah, I don't I, think we need to make things cute for them. Like if if I'm in that situation, I'm going to be like, hey, dude, why can't I see you online? Like, what's your what's your deal? Yeah. And and then if they give me like some long ass answer already, I'm sure her flags were going up. You could you could read it in her texts, but like you you got to just be like, oh, well, that's that sort of feels sketchy to me. So I'm going to head out. There's a piece of this where it seems like she's trying to not be offensive. And it's like there's nothing offensive as having wanting to feel good about going out with someone. And it's not too much to ask for proof of identity. It's too much to keep asking them to keep you know it is too much to keep letting someone lie to you if they won't and listen it's like when people are like should a guy pay for the first date if that makes you feel good then they should if it doesn't matter then it doesn't matter and they shouldn't but in this case this is a very much more serious thing i would want to be able to find the person if i couldn't find them i wouldn't be able to trust them and that's it when you keep going with it it's like when it comes to identity in this day and age, it, it, now you're you're trying to make their lying easier on them because you're afraid of like offending them. It feels like right, and all the ha-has and the cutesy like LOLs and the trying to like soften the blow yeah. of like of something that isn't really a blow. <laughs> it's just you asking for some information so that you feel safe on a date with this dude who's like only paying in cash. It's just that 
pretty much makes sense to me. It would make sense to anyone else. And I think a lot of times we don't ask, we don't like run this stuff by our girlfriends because we're afraid that they're going to be like, are you a fucking idiot? Sure. That's, I mean, that's why she's coming here, I think. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, But I really think that you know that what you're asking for is not too much. And also, you don't know this guy. So even if it is too much, who cares? Yeah, you don't know him. You're not losing anything by losing him because you don't you do not know him. It is the whole thing is like, you know, I don't think this is a New York thing. I think this is just out there. It is the price that comes with Internet dating um, that you're going to have people that are going to try and take advantage of whatever loopholes there are in Internet dating. And I think it is just so like, I think it's OK to just go. Go Sorry. ahead. Also, that line about like, I wouldn't give my ID to Rihanna or so and so. Let me tell you something. Yes, the fuck you would, because yeah. you, you would sign. <laughs> you would not only give them your ID, you would sign a non-disclosure agreement yeah. to sleep with those women. OK, Absolutely. because that's part of the fucking deal if you're going to sleep with those women. So he's like out of his mind. I just think it's he's like a crazy person being like, not- oh, I would never show my ID to sleep with it. Yeah, you know, well, it's also this morals work on the internet. They always, the, the most, if whoever gets to the top of Moral Mountain first wins, and he is rushing to the top to make you the bad guy. Podcast at gmail.com, Podcast at gmail.com. Rosebud Baker, this was fantastic. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. This was great. Such a pleasure. Everyone go follow Rosebud at Rosebud Baker. Comedy Central special. It's out right now on their YouTube page. Whiskey Fist. Find your beach. That's the podcast. I'm Jared Freed. We're here every Monday with your emails, your stories, your questions. Keep sending them in. Keep sending your screenshots. JTrainPodcast at gmail.com. We'll be back next week. Boom.